through meditation you can actually reverse the effects of this toxic experience of life whether it's toxic emotions toxic environment toxic habits toxic substances the key is to experience inner silence and when you experience inner silence then your body returns to its baseline status which is called homeostasis and that is also self repair to feel or experience you need to be a present you need to be aware and meditation can be any form like just you need to be to experience the energy you have to be there All right guys welcome back to uh, the Grimerica show uh we're going to be talking most actually this is our special meditation episode That's um, right Yeah the audio is a little sketchy at best but it, well, it's not that bad uh it's just we use the Yeti mic yeah, we had everybody. Room. Yeah, we had everybody around the mic talking into it. So it's it should be pretty good, but it just won't be uh, the same as usual. Won't be up to snuff, as they say. But it's good. It's definitely listenable by by all means. Just want you guys to be prepared. Uh, so we're gonna keep it short and sweet. We're out of town this weekend, so this is kind of uh, we've been sitting on this one. We figured we'd fire it out. Yeah, this is, uh, we had AJ, Alicia Alibi, and Rosanna Sardella in the studio talking about meditation and their groups and all kinds of good stuff. That was a good chat. We'll talk about whether or not smoking is meditating. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we got a new uh, new member of the Grimerica hegemony movement. <laughs> Hegemonization. The Grimerican hegemonization of this uh planet earth yeah we want to welcome a listener in bolivia bolivia yeah is that where puma punko is like, uh, so, uh, yeah no pictures of puma yeah punko. i think it is i, I think, think it is, is in bolivia. bolivia yeah that's where lake titicaca is isn't it Titicaca. titicaca. yeah i'd love to go there yeah so that's sweet that puts us at 89 uh, only 11 shy of 100 how many countries are there like 196 or something yeah i don't know i think it changes all the time probably Fucking Ukraine's about to turn into three or four. Yeah. And, of course, by the time you guys uh, hear this, we'll have uh, given away our first $100 in the Grime American Money Bomb. I think it uh, looks like we're going to take in about 145 bucks or so. Uh, of course, we said we wouldn't give back less than 100 so we're going to be giving 100 away to someone. I think we had about 15 entrants this month. So uh, next show, we'll let you know who it was, and one of you guys can just uh, look forward to seeing 100 bucks randomly appear in your PayPal account. Yeah, just a quick synopsis of the Money Bomb. It's just a way for uh, for you guys to help out our show, cover some of the expenses, that type of stuff, and we gift half that money back to a listener. And uh, you don't have to donate to be to be uh, entered. Go to uh, Grammarica slash Money Bomb or Grammarica.ca. Slash money bomb. Slash money bomb, and hit the money bomb page or whatever, and you'll uh, you'll be able to see exactly how to do it. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, we got a we've got a pretty decent listenership now. So if we can get, uh, <clears throat> we could even get you know twenty five or thirty percent of the audience in on it. We could uh, easily be giving away a lot of money every month. You know, enough that people are you know making a big difference. So it's a chance to support the show as well as uh, put some money in one of your guys's pockets. This could be the new podcast uh, formula, buddy. It's 
do it. Uh, what else do we got? We got uh, who we got coming up? Oh man, we're booked solid till like June, right? So we've got. We did a Mika Swami's chat tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's... the next episode out. Uh, no, next episode out is. Is another one. Ray Boers. Yeah, Ray Boers. The succession of Mill Valley. That's kind of a fascinating chat. Talking about countries splitting up and all that. So Yeah, and after that'll be Amit Goswami, uh, Dr. Amit Goswami, talking about quantum physics and quantum consciousness. Then we got Brad Burge from MAPS. That'll be a short one coming up. Yeah, I think he's the director. Well, he says it's going to be 20 minutes, but I mean, that's what Chris Ryan said too. So we'll see what we can do about that. And then after that, we have Simon Chukowski. Chukowski. Chukowski, about the hey. five Dharma types. Yeah, which is what, like chakras? What's the uh, No, I don't think so. Uh, the, the book hasn't got here yet. So. Yeah, I'll we'll have, <laughs> have to look into that. Hey. Greg Pallast is coming on. He's like a... Investigative journalist, yeah, I think. Yeah, hardcore journalist guy. He's going to be talking about billionaires, bandits, and the ballot system Bu or something. Buying, buying votes. Yeah corporatocracy of america as if it matters who gets voted in yeah I and keep then we're, coming back to that we haven't booked uh we haven't booked the 27th for sure yet but it looks like we sh we're hoping we'll be talking with len caston about uh project serpo secret mission of project serpo which is uh that's a good that'll be a fun one yeah we've been thinking about doing that one for a while and finally finally get her done yeah, See of course, we can... yeah of course he alleges that uh, the U.S. military is in constant contact or has sent people to other planets. and Secret space program kind of stuff? Yeah, exactly. And then after that, we've got Bill uh, Blunden, right? Yep. Talking about, like, cyber, cyber war, cyber security. So, yeah, it should be a good spring, man. We're booked solid, and we've got lots of uh, fascinating topics and guests. Yeah, it's good. The money bond's been going good. The show's been growing. We uh, broke another record last week, so keep it up. Keep telling uh, telling your friends about Grimerica. Yeah, and rate us in iTunes if you can too, because uh, that helps. That helps the uh, the algorithm put us up in the top of the list there, and then we get more uh, more notice in iTunes, and more people can subscribe, and then we get you know more clout to get better, not better, but you know bigger guests on. What are you saying? I'm saying it's time for the Graham's Profound UFO Quote of the Week. Okay, ready for this one? Okay. UFO sightings are now so common, the military doesn't have time to worry about them. When a UFO appears, they simply ignore it. Unconventional targets are ignored because... Apparently, we are the we are only interested in the Russian targets, possibly enemy targets. Something that hovers in the air, then shoots off at 5,000 miles per hour, doesn't interest us because it can't be the enemy. UFOs are picked up by ground and air radar, and they have been photographed by gun camera all along. There are so many UFOs in the sky that the Air Force has had to employ special radar networks to screen them out. That's from Len Ketchin, a NASA atmospheric physicist. NASA. On, did I say it wrong again? What is it? NASA. What did I say? NASA. <laughs> That's a NASA atmospheric physicist on June 7th, 1968. The year before we landed on the moon. 
Already know. Uh, so there you have it. There you have it. You heard it here first, folks. The government knows about UFOs and had to make special radar <laughs> not to detect them. <laughs> I think that uh, that should about do it, eh? Got anything else? Keep it short and sweet. No, that's it. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll jump into our special Grimerica Meditates episode. And uh, enjoy. It was a fun chat. extra special afternoon edition of the Grimerica show. We're going to be talking with a few doctors and such about meditation and Reiki and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, right up Graham's alley. So uh, why don't you uh, take us away here, Graham? Yeah, Darren. Thanks, buddy. Um, we've been talking about this for a while now, doing a podcast on meditation. And what better way to do it than have some of uh, the people that have led me through meditation in, in the local community here in Calgary and people that have their own groups and um, people that have you know this has been a big part of their life for a while so instead of just getting somebody over over skype from long distance we thought we'd uh do a little local podcast in the studio here so with me uh with us this afternoon we have alicia rosanna and aj who all participate in leading their own groups through meditation and we'll be talking to each of them about their experiences with leading groups and uh, their experiences their personal experiences with meditation and we'll talk about the benefits of it etc etc so why don't we start off, um, Alicia, why don't you tell us about how you became interested in meditation? Thanks, Graham. Uh, so my background is actually in psychology, and um, I remember, you know, having to do research on all kinds of topics, and just inside of me, I just always wanted to look up research studies on meditation and energy healing and the benefits of it. Um, so for as far back as I can remember, um, I always kind of had... Um, you know, part of me in the other realm, you know, wanting to understand the benefits of things like meditation um, and, you know, alternative kinds of healing. Um, and then also, too, when I started to do my own training as a past life coach and a soul coach, all my mentors, and even in Reiki, all my mentors practiced meditation. And so through watching them and through having them guide our groups through meditation, um, it really increased um, my interest in it and my practice of it. And then finally, which I think is kind of neat, um, my cultural background, um, the religion that I was raised in, um, a lot of the prayer involved a form of meditation. And I didn't realize it at the time. It's just now looking back, it's like, whoa, I grew up, I grew up being taught how to meditate without even calling it meditation. Mm. I, it was just a part of the prayer. Um, of course, now I'm more spiritual than religious, but I'm grateful for that experience. So it's just kind of been from all aspects of my life. Was it a hard hard switch going from uh, studying to be a doctor to kind of this more uh, 
holistic sort of healing or meditative aspect? Um, there were some challenges, but my belief is to always follow my heart. So, um, you know, people did wonder, you know, oh, you spent all these years getting your PhD and now you're doing what? You're guiding groups in meditation. You're, you're playing with crystals. You're studying energy. So, yeah, there was, you know, there's always questions and I still get them. But um, I guess, you know, my passion and my love for it has just kind of overpowered all of that. So the shift actually was kind of nice. And I find with my background in psychology, not only does it, um, it kind of gives me that balance from, you know, the scientific aspect of it and then, you know, the spiritual side of it. So I feel like it gives me balance. So, you know, it didn't feel like a struggle or anything like that. It just felt like it flowed. Hmm. That's awesome. Go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> now you just have to teach men to follow their hearts. Right? It's a little, a little harder for me. Like, follow your heart. It's like, oh, I don't know. What's, what's the difference between my head and my heart? I'm learning slowly. <laughs> so what about you, Rosanna? You know, similar to what Alicia experienced when you were when you were younger, Alicia, about your cultural background. I come from an Italian background, Catholic upbringing, and I was introduced to God very young and in the church. And I would pray a lot and I would talk to God when I was younger and it was just felt like a very natural state to be in. It didn't feel awkward to have a conversation with God. And, and so looking back, it's always interesting, right, when you can look back, I, yeah, I was meditating. Basically, uh, meditation is reflection, it's going within, it's being quiet. And that's what I, I did that ever since I can remember. I think I was eight years old and I was trying to self-reflect and just wondering, um, you know, yes, I have this religious upbringing and I have nothing against it at all. But I was always questioning it all the time. And I was always wondering, you know, if this is the right path for me. So um, when I was younger, prayer was a form of meditation for me. And and then I started to, um, you know, in my early 20s, just read about spirituality and meditation and, and connect with guides and higher self and angels. And that's where I really learned uh, the practice of meditation even deeper. And journaling is my favorite way of meditating. That is my number one favorite way of meditating. Hmm. I have about 10 journals of writing for the last 10 years. And um, and that's what I teach my, my clients and students, that meditation is just not one form. There's many forms of meditation. And it's just whatever you feel most drawn to. So, hmm. yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah, just felt very natural. So I can count my smoking cigarettes as meditation. It is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't say that. <laughs> no, just it's you have to be aware of what you're doing. Right? <laughs> it's just an unhealthy yeah. meditation. That's yeah. all. It's an unhealthy. It's, yeah, right. It's, it's a way, but it's, you know, it's really what happens with meditation is it, it's a, a focused concentration. So if smoking helps you to focus on one thing, then you're meditating, right? Hmm. So I use journaling. I choose journaling as a healthy yeah, way yeah, to yeah. meditate. <laughs> How long have you been doing this as a as sort of a business, or did you shift from sort of a normal career into this kind of field? Yeah, like normal career in quotes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I was yeah. in customer service and in sales. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to be a psychologist, and I just thought, no, I don't think I have the attention span to be in school for that long. And so I went into customer service, service and sales, and in 2008 is when I left my career, and 2009 is when I opened the business. And pretty much, I think it was the second year in business I was starting to teach meditation. Um, it, just, it just literally flowed that way. It wasn't even uh, pre-planned. So it's been about, I guess this would be the fifth year. 
hmm. of, wow. of teaching and guiding. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it is really cool. We'll talk more about how things are changing in the future of meditation yes. a little bit later. But that'll It'll be, be interesting. Great. Thank you. And and AJ, uh, you've moved here into Canada fairly recently. Yeah. You want to talk about your one and a half year? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's actually very surprising after listening Elisa and Rosanna's story. I think it's everybody's stuff bringing the same thing. Like, as from me, I'm originally born in Hindu religious, but you know, going into a temple, chanting a mantra, sit down, silent, and just relax. Um, that time, I know I didn't even realize that this is what it is. But after when I my father introduced me uh, one of the Osho Active Meditations and after that, after while well, I was doing meditation and then realized that you people, like you get meditation from everywhere right, but no, you don't know that time so for me, uh, background for me, I'm uh, coming from engineering you know, Indian family so always, you know, you want to be engineer, find a great job make money, raise the children, but then like it's easy to be relaxed in nature away from the but for be is so stressful and hard when you are like you know working or your daily life. So I wanted to something change and when it's not easy to change. So I jumped, quit the job and I moved to went to the Osho International Meditation Resort for just for a week to experience what's the meditation and how can I be relaxed. So that was the Osho Active Meditation Resort in India, right? Yeah, it's a Osho Informa uh, International Meditation Resort in Pune. India. Okay, okay. And Osho is the one of the contemporary master who introduced uh, 112 different meditation techniques for the contemporary man. Because uh, when the Buddha introduced a lot of meditations, it's hard to just go and sit down silently and for the modern mind it's like you hardly can you know because we have a lot of stress, a lot of struggle, a lot of things like a monkey mind so it's, you can't just sit down so he introduced a lot of different meditation and, and that's really triggers me to be getting it because I was this monkey mind before, when I started meditation it's hard for me so yeah then uh, I was there for five years. To, yeah. I so you went. So you went for a week. From went for a week, and, and then decided to stay years. for three months, and then that three months turned into the five years on and off. So I was studying meditations, learning meditation practicings, and also learning the workers' meditations. That uh, means like you change your attitude towards the work how you bring a meditation in, not just while you're sitting, but 24-7. While you're smoking. How, yeah, smoking, anything you're doing, <laughs> working. <laughs> Meditations for me is just how to bring awareness in a presence. Huh. Right. Fascinating. Do you have anything to say, Darren? Nah, you go ahead. <laughs> so we've, we'll talk about all the different types of meditations because right. we've already addressed some of that. And, and the common thing I hear from people that I talked to about meditation is uh, they can't meditate, right? Right away, they're like, I can't meditate, I've tried, mm -hmm. I'm no good at it, I'm a failure, because like, they have some sort of preconceived idea that meditation is about completely emptying your mind or some state that none of us are ever gonna reach anyways. Yeah. So so there's all these different types, and um, 
I've had some profound experiences with meditation and actually with uh, with you and your wife in the pyramid we were doing this meditation we did three meditations in there right and your wife is Reiki master right mm -hmm. and yeah. since then I've actually learned how to do Reiki from Alicia here but um, during one of your meditations when your wife came around and did some Reiki on us I felt this uh, this physical touch spiral down my head and down my shoulders like profound physical sensation um, and that really like that really kind of opened opened me up to more of this and then I started to learn Reiki myself and all that and and so people have had these experiences um, so let's talk about a bit of the different types of meditation so Alicia you do like a kind of a guided sort of relaxation meditation for the most part or you want yeah. to talk about that? Sure, yeah. Um, so I do, I like guided meditations. Um, and as you mentioned, there's many kinds of meditations. Guided happens to be one of my favorites just because, um, it's, so it's my favorite to practice, but also one of my favorites to, to lead other people through. And just because the mind is built to think. It's, it's built to be active. And so I find with guided meditations, it helps to keep me and also the people that I'm guiding on focus. Um, on track and even then you know minds wander and we end up in you know cool places in our minds but at least if there's someone there guiding it um, then there's that kind of you I feel like I'm more likely to stay on track so um, I love guided meditations um, and you know even you know within that um, I find that there's differences in meditation you know depending for example on the phase of the moon like as you know I like to do full moon and new moon meditations um, things like that but as um, Rosanna mentioned you know even just writing in a journal is a form of meditation so I'll often find you know, watching the Sun rise is one of my favorite ways to meditate um, you know and, and you don't necessarily have to be sitting in a certain way or thinking a certain thing or you know doing a certain thing for it to be considered meditation so I really kind of encourage people to broaden their perspectives on what meditation is although I will say that guided guided is one of my favorites <laughs> And you just you just ad lib it right like you don't have any written thing you follow you just like you just have a group of people in in your room and you have and then you just you just say it right as it flows like how do you how do you uh, I mean I've actually tried that a couple times myself since just getting inspiration from you like uh, so helped, wonderful. helped a friend of mine fall asleep at like who's got insomnia and I had, like just guide her through this meditation and I kind of learned that from you yeah. guys but I was surprised at how if you're comfortable with putting yourself out there like that how you can do it but yeah it was always astounding to me when I first started doing your meditations how you just you just wing it like that yeah and you know for people who are comfortable with the idea I actually consider it channeling I actually just channel the meditation so unfortunately if someone were to ask me to do the same meditation again I wouldn't be able to I actually don't really remember them so I just kind of as the meditation starts I just kind of open my heart and my mind and I just see the journey in, behind my closed eyes and then I actually just describe what I'm seeing to wow. the group to take them through the same journey, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So most of them I don't remember, which is why people have said you should record them. But then I always, you know. Um, <laughs> There's going to be hundreds of meditations. <laughs> yeah. you, can borrow, you can borrow this yeah. for whatever if you want. But yeah, so in just allowing them to flow, and I encourage people to do the same thing because we all have the same ability. If you just kind of, you know, just set an intent, you know, I'm here to guide a group through a meditation or help a person, you know, meditate and just see what comes to mind. There doesn't really need to be any structure. Um, and yeah, just allow them to flow. I find that when we try and write things down and have a script to follow, I feel like it distracts. I feel it's yeah. distracting. Yeah. And I feel that 
it's not as um, I don't know intuitive connected. maybe or yeah intuitive, intuitive. Yeah. Mm. yeah so my belief is just kind of show up set an intent and open your mouth wow. yeah. <laughs> that's challenging for some people though I mean that's scary right for yeah well keep keep practicing gram and then we'll do a series of grams guided meditation how about you was <laughs> that sounded really good <laughs> uh, the title was great too very similar to alicia i do guided meditations as well yeah. and and i actually learned how to guide do guided ones through taking hypnotherapy training and so we actually had to build our own scripts of um, you know whatever we want to help our client with so my meditations are guided and they're called healing and manifesting so the intention I have for the meditations I do is to tap into the subconscious part of the mind which we store all of our thoughts all of our memories where intuition is actually in and I, we go in there through meditation and we do some healing in there so some root cause healing if there's uh, past past life or past you know in the past traumas we mm -hmm. go in there as well so i can do that individually or in a group as well and the manifestation part is really i really believe in law of attraction and visualization and using your mind to focus where you want to be so you can bring in what you desire and so the manifestation part is really using visualization techniques and helping people to open up their imagination and mind so they can actually create direct and create their life with where they want so i get them to you know I open their mind enough, clear some of the subconscious blocks, open their mind to to connecting with their higher self, and then they can they can feel more expansive, more encouraged, more motivated to actually move forward in the path that they wanna they wanna manifest and into their soul purpose and what they're meant to experience here. So I, wow. I do I do I do it different. I do it it's relaxing as well, mm -hmm. but it's very um, intentional. Uh, the guided meditation and similar to Alicia I, I channel them as well so I use my higher self my guides my angels to channel it same thing as Alicia I close my eyes I go in the meditation with everybody and um, I just follow and guide how I'm getting it so and I totally trust whatever is coming through is 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 for the best and highest for all involved wow yeah it's yeah. so fascinating yeah, i get yeah. so excited doing them because i never know what's going to come through and it's just it's yeah it's it's um really cool hmm. really cool to experience that with the group and that's how i i guide myself too in my own meditations as well hmm. i've gotten to the point now at home um i don't um i practice meditation enough Basically, I've practiced relaxing my mind enough that at home I don't need external music or guidance that I can just go in yeah. and just sit and just be silent and just allow and receive and let the energies come in and the messages come in as well. So um, I, my intention for my, my clients and students is to teach that as well so they don't need anything outside of them yeah, to yeah. get them to that state. Can you do real... it fast too, like at a red light if you're stressing out, just going <laughs> yes. to Yeah, I'm sure. It's, I, it's a, it's a I, absolutely. Right? I actually feel like I, I, like I'm meditating all the time when I'm walking, when I'm out now, because my mind is so um, used to that state of meditation, which is, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later, which is really um, brainwave activity. It's actually alpha theta. And so I, I, I'm so used to that state now that I'm really constantly in that, so I can use it at any time. And um, and so most, actually most people that are driving, that's a good 
good thing that you brought up. They are in that autopilot, so they're daydreaming. And they may miss a turn or something. You're actually you're actually self-meditated. Like you're actually I call it hypnotized, but you that's the same form, same state, and you actually are in the alpha theta state when you are in that daydream kind of mm. state. So meditation is very similar to that state, but you want to be in a controlled environment and not driving. Yeah, right? see, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's weird. I just I just mentioned that. I, we're going to post, I just wrote a blog um, and I mentioned that actually. It was about mm-hmm. about memories and can you remember being in a daydreaming state or do you have to be present? To me? Like if I remember something from 10 years ago, was that, did I have to be present at the time? I'm not explaining very well, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation I had with my sister about the whole thing. Yeah about how she she was brought back to a state of mind like 20 years ago mm-hmm. like instantly by listening to a song and I said well what if you weren't present at the time would you be able to remember that right so I I almost thought that that daydreaming state while driving is the opposite of meditation I thought meditation was more like being present while you're driving instead of letting your mind wander right so there is um, the meditation the medita- meditative state is the relaxed state of mind and so that is um, being present is a form of meditation right. as well. That's that's another. In, I I recommend that yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely. Um, I don't recommend the autopilot daydream. Actually, when I find that when people are doing that, is because their mind is overstimulated, yeah. and it automatically goes into the alpha theta, which oh. is the relaxed state. To it's like for self preservation. So it's still so even though it's overstimulated and you've got all these thoughts and you're following all these thoughts all over the place, you're still in alpha, alpha yeah, theta. Yeah, alpha theta. That's wow. what's happening with the yeah. yeah activity. So that's what's happening when you're meditating is your mind goes from beta to alpha theta. Delta is sleep. So alpha theta is the ideal trance state for meditation. So Delta's not bad either. Delta's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but people try to go from beta to delta, and that's why they can't sleep because they don't allow the mind to go naturally into the alpha theta so that's huh. why they're they're having a hard time sleeping sleep is a form of meditation as well hmm. that's why reading or watching tv kind of winds yes. you down and yes hmm. do you do you use hemisync at all like i've one of my favorite meditations i have a, a bunch of Monroe institute mm-hmm. hemisyncs here and i do there's a local a local uh, hemisync meditation on monday nights and that type of thing which is supposed to the different frequencies in that music is supposed to bring your your brain levels to alpha theta quicker right yes so do you i do use a light and sound machine it's the proteus light and sound machine so um it's similar to the hemisync i don't i'm not familiar too familiar with hemisync but i think it's similar to the brainwave activities actually so it's a program and you it's lights and it's uh, sounds that actually confuse the brain enough to click it out into alpha theta and so it's yeah it's it's really it is it is using your brain natural brain wave activity hmm. to go into meditation it's not it's not a woo woo kind of state it actually no, yeah, is in yeah. your own mental <laughs> your yeah. own mind uh, brain wave activity wow yeah that's awesome so aj um i've done some of your active meditations that's kind of a bit scarier if, if yeah. people aren't used it's to like uh it's just scary to just uh, hearing, oh, it's active. And active, people, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my meditation is totally different than Rosanna and Alicia, since you know there's active meditations. But it's not uh, active, it's, it's uh, about using your body or different movements like dancing, shaking, or just, you know, different body movements to help you to rela- release your tension, body tensions. And what I found, if like today is easy for me to just go to guided meditation. I really enjoy it. 
or any meditation, I can just go and sit down. But if I see myself five years ago where I'm a contemporary man and just go and sit down, I'm just going to just think about where I'm going to be after two minutes. And even if I force myself, no, I, I'm going to sit down and not going to think about anything. And then I just keep thinking that I don't want to think, I don't want to think. <laughs> so you're thinking of not yeah, thinking. Yeah, thinking of not thinking. So Think yourself right out of, of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so active meditations help me to release my body tensions and it helped me to calm my mind before I go into meditations. And as you said, uh, this uh, music, different alpha, theta forms, I found in one of the Tibetan singing ball meditations because the singing ball is, uh, has created a certain uh, um, frequency, it helps to calm your minds. So I use as a different musics, which is uh, scientifically and uh, traditionally involves in meditations, some movements, dancing, shaking, or catharsis too. There's a, one of the very powerful meditation I like to introduce is called Osho Dynamic Meditation. Mm -hmm. And that's a, one of the very scariest people who just heard about it. It's a scary meditation, but it's a very powerful. Uh, it's a begin. It has a different five stages. Like you start with uh, breathing, heavy breathing, chaotic, which helps to increase the oxidation in the body. But at the same time, it creates the chaos inside. And then second stage, you turns that chaos into the emotional release. Because there's other things like emotion, we been emotionally so much attached that even if we go for meditation, we have that attachment, that emotions. It is hard for to sit down, or maybe persons, maybe love or loved ones or anything, anger, different emotions. So it's hard for, and that after emotions, you even second stage uh, after releasing these emotions, you can create the powerhouse by jumping and shouting who mantra who which hammers your sex center and awaken your kundalini energy from first chakra and then third stage is stop fourth stage is stop where actually is your chance to aware about your body experience that energy which you create which after releasing your emotions after jumping and shouting that's uh, 15 to 20 minutes that's a meditation for me that's helped to be totally aware about myself my emotions and everything and that's 15 minutes meditations all you need to do is just keep that carry on on 24 7 hmm. that's what for me is active meditation hmm. So most of the Osho active meditations you do, like I've done some, I've done the dynamic one with you and the Kundalini one. And yeah, those, one uh, with the humming. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So yeah. most of them are split into segments, like four or five segments where it's something you're doing like vocal or active and then and then another state and then the relaxation states right. towards the end, right? Right. Okay. So in, uh, scientifically what I can say is uh, you create the powerhouse, you turn that energy into state of meditations. Huh. Right. Fascinating. So you dance and stuff and then you just turn into the meditation. Is that something you think athletes and like, yeah, like high level athletes are tapping into? Yeah, you can say because if you ever notice when you go to the workout gym or yoga, 
after even doing that, your body is actually relaxed. You have more calm body, right? It's the same principle. It's just you need you need to just bring that into the one state. Wow, I've noticed uh, myself one of the most powerful types of meditation that I've experienced is just mindfulness, basic mindfulness meditation. And it, for me, it's like practice of being in the moment, right? We talk about being in the moment through the day. And so, you know, the more I'm aware of my thoughts and, and, uh, in trying to increase the gap between my thoughts and then now it's a little easier for me during the day to to catch myself with like that daydreaming state right so if I'm headed towards the future or the past I don't really want to be there I can kind of catch myself and that's and uh, called witnessing witnessing yeah. yeah and the mind has amazing abilities a total great mechanism it has amazing ability to absorb to analyze and act on actions but what happens that it gets overwhelmed at and that actually tension is not bad too it helps stress helps to get into the speed but when that speed becomes too much that become counterproductive and that's where this you need to find the balance hmm. so have you guys noticed uh, any benefits amongst your students or yourselves like let's talk about uh the intangible or tangible benefits that you've seen? Anyone can go. <laughs> I can go first if you want. <laughs> uh, the great benefit I found, uh, uh, awareness, everything. It's like what happening with me, what happening around me, even like what my job, my study, great sleep. I remember like when I was in school, like I only hardly can sleep with four or five hours maximum. And that sleep is not enough sometimes. But now, like eight hours, I can have a great sleep, like totally sleep. After meditation, like you can have good sleep, healthy. You think about health, being in a healthy way, eat healthy. So you're being aware about your body. And uh, yeah, that's uh, great benefits. And relationship, love, everything. It brings, it comes like a different way. It's all the, there's a lot of benefits it comes just all around to you mm-hmm. from meditation it's hmm. unlimited yeah the benefits are unlimited in my practice I think I'm thinking like the number one issue I deal with with people is anxiety mm-hmm. stress and anxiety and I've actually I've had anxiety in my life as well and so I I truly believe by practicing meditation working with the mind and relaxing the mind it actually releases anxiety that is probably the number one thing that people tell me when they learn meditation my clients is that yeah I don't feel anxious as much or anymore I feel like I can uh, make decisions easier I feel like the challenges are not as overwhelming and so in their day-to-day life they're just handling day-to-day activities a lot more ease and grace and peace than they used to it doesn't mean that you don't have challenges in your Mm -hmm. life you just Mm -hmm. deal with them in a different way and then in turn that must uh, facilitate healing on different levels too if there's less stress and less anxiety in your life like there's studies now that show that that's the cause of illness too absolutely anxiety kills Mm -hmm. yeah and it causes you know smoking and it causes (laughs) overeating and it causes all these unhelpful behaviors and so when you can get to the root of you know what's going on and really focusing on the mind to relax and I also do coaching which I also help with cognitive behavior um, perspective shifting 
And so, yeah, there's just many, many benefits to that. And I know in my own personal life, I used to have really bad road rage. Yes, me. Calm Rosanna. Oh my gosh, really? But I used to, I was in sales and I, I, first of all, I wasn't doing what I was meant to be doing in my life. I was really unhappy. But second of all, I just had a lot of heightened anxiety. And so ever since practicing meditation, I'm way much calmer behind the wheel. I don't have road rage anymore. Um, you know, but now I notice everybody else that, that has that. So it's like, they need meditation. Relax the mind, especially when you're driving. So yes, there's, there's many, many benefits. Yeah. I notice myself still still getting, uh, like somebody will cut in front of me, and I'm, I'm much calmer now on the road too, but yeah. uh, lately I've been getting irritated when, when somebody's like going too slow or they pull in front of me, and then I think to myself, like, why does that upset me? Like, is there something inside me? And then I realize, like, I do that too, right? Like, I can't get upset at <laughs> somebody. Get upset, yeah. And I've done that, not all the time, <laughs> but I've cut in front of people before by mistake or whatever, so why am I getting upset at somebody that's yes. doing it to me? There could be something going on, and it's not intentional necessarily. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, reading an article the other day that was like say 60 to 90 percent of uh, healthcare professionals visit are related to stress. Mm. Yeah, right. that are nowadays. Yeah. And that's caused a lot of pain, a lot of dollars. And mm -hmm. the, I guess the manifestation can lead a lot of benefits out like reducing this cost. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, healthcare costs, absolutely. absolutely. And that's really the, the number one, I believe, quality of meditation is self ultimate self-awareness. Like Graham, you say, you, you notice that you were in that state. I believe if you don't practice some sort of meditation of self-reflection, you won't even notice you're in yeah. that state. Yeah. Most people don't even realize they're in that state to even say, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that once you can, can pull yourself out of that state and look at it differently, then you shift your behavior. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Really what about cool. you, Alicia? Um, so yeah, I agree with what AJ and Rosanna have said. Um, you know, um, AJ mentioned, you know, um, helping on all levels, you know, from health and relationships and things like that. And Rosanna mentioned, um, you know, with the anxiety, you know, I do have to say that personally, I think that um, I meditated the most during grad school, <laughs> um, you know, just to move to the, through the stress and anxiety of grad school. It was probably one of the one of the most difficult um, and stressful times in my life, you know, with constant presentations and writing and, and all those pressures, it was the meditation that I felt really kept me sane. Um, and, you know, when I look at my clients and some of the things they say to me, you know, after meditation gatherings or, you know, when I'll see them again, um, you know, they'll say to me things like, you know, it's helped them to, you know, decrease stress and anxiety to help them move through difficult, difficult situations. Um, you know, I remember in one of my meditations, I had um, a client who attended who had just experienced a loss of a family member. And it just, it, I was so... Um, you know, it, it, I was surprised that, you know, this individual, you know, was able to, you know, come and be present given a loss. And I could see that this person was dealing, you know, with a lot of sadness, but the meditation um, seemed to really help. And, um, you know, what this person described to me afterwards was it was just so powerful and so healing to have, you know, to, to do a meditation in a group setting and to help move through that sadness. So I love also that meditation can help us move through, you know, um, 
negative or or lower vibrations of emotions um, but also too for those of us who are feeling great and feeling happy I feel that meditation can enhance that mm -hmm. so it has that enhancing effect too and also you know deepening our connection with ourselves right that self-awareness and connecting within um, I think meditation is one of the best tools so I've and, and I'm speaking you know based on what clients have told me um, and then you know and then of course some of you know especially with anxiety yeah. <laughs> personal experience mm -hmm. um, but yeah just amazing benefits we I've seen some people release a lot of emotions in your meditations yes. a couple times where we would finish and you would ask people to talk about their experience if they want to or we'd go around the room and people would be crying yeah. on like what's what's happening there like why so different things for some people for some people it's really just you know that experience of themselves can be so powerful or some of the I know some in some meditations I have seen tears when people have connected with a loved one who's passed who's passed on or connecting with an angel or a guide can be really powerful um, so it's not necessarily crying due to sadness but sometimes yeah, it's just yeah, crying yeah, due to that yeah release um, happiness, happiness yeah. and even just the overwhelm of this high vi higher vibration of energy within and around them um, yeah and that release is really powerful you know letting go of things and, and tears can come with that and you know some people just you know within themselves they visit such magical places it's just so emotional hmm. and it brings it's really neat um, sometimes when I'm guiding a meditation I'll open my eyes and just look at the room and it's really neat to see the expressions and the emotions on people's faces it's just so you know it's so um, you know they have they're not it's not controlled or anything like that it's just so neat to see um, how much they're experiencing just from what you see on their face it's pretty yes. neat hmm. yeah. have you guys had any of your own experiences that you want to share like sort of a profound shift or during one meditation or another or something like that or yeah so I've had many I'm gonna go with the out. first one that's coming to me yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was about four years ago and I had just left uh, my marriage actually and and somebody gave me a book called Eat Pray Love Elizabeth yeah, yeah, Gilbert yeah. you gotta read this Rosanna I'm like okay I was and of course I was going through a lot of emotional pain and and heartache and guilt and all that and um, and I was reading a, a a passage in the book and actually it was when she was in India and and she had described that she was meditating and God talked to her and said oh and Ali might even get choked up on this one because I can still feel the energy four years later right in here in my heart and it was in bold letters what, what God told her was you have no idea how much I love you and I felt that through the top of my head all the way through my body that that what Alicia talked about where you talked about the you know that connection to to angels and guides and that high vibration I felt that love like I've never felt before and I bawled I was crying because it wasn't I wasn't unhappy or in pain I just I couldn't believe the love that I was feeling in that moment so as I was reading, which I find is another form of meditation, <laughs> I was able to open up to something in that quote, and I could feel that energy come through me. 
And I was raw at the time because I was going through some heartache. And so what I teach my clients is is to not suppress their feelings. Their feelings are the gateway to to a deeper level within themselves. And because I have a lot of clients say, well, I, I can't meditate. You know, my mind's racing and I'm, I'm feeling really you know heavy. I'm like, use that. Use it to go through uh, and just sit with it and allow <coughs> it to release the energy. And so that's what I did in that moment. And I feel that's why I was able to really uh, feel that energy come through me. It's because I was so raw and so much in pain at the time. Hmm. You know, I think it's a little bit dry in here too, hey? So I've had, I've had something... Um that's been happening to me quite a bit while usually while exercising and usually it's triggered by by uh, music or by uh, scenery like if I'm riding my bike uh, looking at the mountains or running in the woods or something like that but I, it's like a uh, like a body shiver or like a mm-hmm. like an intense and sometimes it'll be in my head sometimes it'll go through my body and I'm trying to let it ride out like sometimes the more I focus on it it goes away so I'm trying to find that balance between like riding it through kind of thing but mm-hmm. it's like an intense like I'm so in the moment and it's like this blissful feeling yes. and um, yeah it's like crazy and it's happened a lot for the last year and a half but I'm wondering if you guys have heard of that or if you know what that is or like I, I don't really know what, what it is and some people say it's like connection with something or I don't know it's yeah weird. It's, yeah, I've had that. Even in nature is actually another form. I have so many forms, but there's, the nature is one of them. But it really is just you get your your mind gets out of the way. Mm. You're just not in your conscious mind, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your conscious yeah. mind is yeah. out of the way, and you're able to feel and receive that. Yeah, I uh, actually I call it satori moments. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's a they call satori moment. It's a moment. It's a called glimpse of enlightenment, where you can found yourself totally separate than your body and mind like totally different that's your being and that kind of experience happened with me in one of the group when I was doing in a workshop in India called Om Meditation Uh, it's like it's a very beautiful two and a half hour journey where they lead you to 13 different emotional stages and at the end end they bring you to the meditation and that the last every everybody like make a big circle and hold hand each other's and chant the mantra om and the om is a very beautiful healing power sounds and it has amazing vibration so that time I felt that that's I'm chanting a mantra om but I can see myself from putting toll other than my body and that was a beautiful experience and the other time I had experience here in a pyramid, <coughs> you know, uh, we was doing our own Nada Brahma meditations and it's also one of the humming meditations mm-hmm. and I fell. Me and the Quinton, and you guys met some, uh, one of my friends, mm-hmm. we both was humming and we was like far other side of the corner of each other, but we felt something that somewhere other side of the corner, somebody, our, you know, connection, we like, harmony in the that chanting a mantra like humming we felt it and like after meditation we just like open the eyes and look at each other and we just hug there is something we found it and that was like oh, that kind of experience is like unbelievable sometimes just being in the nature and like sitting by the river and you're just watching the river just flowing but you just feel like you're totally separate than your whole body and mind Mm-hmm. That's called Satori, I guess. Mm-hmm. Satori, like S A T O R I? Yeah. Of? Okay. Mm-hmm.
so all three years were kind of raised religious. How has uh, your life experiences changed your outlook on that? Like, um, from a spiritual standpoint, or has it changed at all? Or you still follow your the same, I suppose, um, paths you were as when you were, say, 10 or 12? Or I never really followed it. Actually, yeah. I was there because you know it was my in my family, but I really actually never really followed. You never really felt it in your heart. No, no. For me, like uh, I still believe, and you know, like to go in a temple, but just but a different way now. Like that time, I used to go in a temple, and Moses, my dad is pretty open, so he go he don't believe in a, one religious. He born in Hindu, but he goes in a Moses, even a church. And takes me and he said, everybody is the same. Mm-hmm. And right now I go, that time I go to get help from the God. Say, please pass me in the exam, get me this, get me that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of begging with the God. You know? And I think we used to that, that's what we learned. But now the difference is when I go back there, I just don't do anything. I just go and sit down silently. Mm-hmm. And that's a very peaceful place sometimes. Even a, even a cemetery. It's a nice place. You can just go and mm-hmm. meditate there too, mm-hmm. right? So that's a difference for me. Yeah, and my experience is the same um, as AJ's. I'm very grateful that my parents are so open-minded, and um, you know, my mom. Ever since I was young, I could remember having her having a lot of different kind of statues of different gods from different religions. So she never really. Although, you know, we were raised to go to our church and to, you know, we were put in the classes to learn the religion and things like that, but um, it was never forced, so we never had to. And and same like AJ's dad said, you know, my parents always told us, you know, everybody's the same, it doesn't really matter. And now looking back, you know, I, I sometimes feel that in some instances religion does divide. You know, thankfully, you know, it's not what I experienced, you know, in my family and in my community, but... I just feel that, um, you know, you know. I just feel like we are all the same, and you know, it's fine to have different beliefs. But when it starts to divide people, and to you know, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts, and it, to me, it just kind of takes away from that oneness that I think we're striving for. Um, that's a, that's an interesting trend because uh, my my mom and dad were pretty open too. It wasn't really wasn't really religious, but I mean, I wonder what we would have turned out like if our families were more dogmatic in their religion, yeah. you know, if it would have been such an easy transition to sort of an open-minded spirituality. How about, how about your parents, Rosanna? You know, they, um, they believed that God was very judgmental and, and would hurt you if you hurt somebody. Right. And so it was, there was a lot of guilt. There was a lot of guilt, <laughs> um, about, just a lot of guilt and shame placed upon yourself that oh I'm so bad for doing this God's gonna get me and and I always had that something in my mind was always no but if God's I believe God's love all loving so why would he do that why would he strike you down with lightning or or whatever they would say and you know and so I always had that I always felt separate than my family I always felt like the black sheep I always felt different and now I recognized it was it was because I just I just had I believe a more open mind to to what religion and spirituality could be and they were they grew up you know on the farm in Italy and that's what they were taught and um, 
So I didn't let a lot of the teachings, uh, I didn't absorb a lot of the teachings actually, just something just kept kicking it out. Uh, I don't know what made me my higher self or just awareness I had already. So no, it didn't really, didn't really affect me at all. I was moving into the psychic arts and learning about spirituality in my early 20s and I was more drawn to spirituality than religion from that point huh. on. Yeah. And what about, did you mention about your personal experience? Have you had anything you wanted to share as far as a profound personal experience? I can't remember if we went to you or not. Um, I don't want to leave you out. <laughs> oh, thanks, Graham. Uh, I think probably some of my most profound experiences is when I've used meditation to access past lives. Um, and I can think of a couple where I was really struggling with, um, you know, some particular things in my life and I just didn't, I needed, I needed, I felt like I needed answers, like, you know, we always want answers to everything, but it was just, I was really struggling because I didn't understand why I was where I was at and what was happening, you know, in this particular situation and so I decided to meditate and ended up going in, you know, it ended up kind of morphing into a past life experience um, which gave me so many answers and you know as Rosanna mentioned you know in, with her experience I sat there and I bawled like it was one of those drag my face in the carpet crying yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so profound because it shifted me and I realized they just it, I realized that the way I was observing or you know perceiving this particular issue was from from just a completely different angle that was not supporting me, it was not helping me, in fact it was holding me back, and when I saw that different angle, um, it shifted, like I felt, like I felt in, my insides shifted, if that makes sense, I wouldn't even know how to describe that, but I felt just a profound shift and it was overcome with emotions and um, I felt so much healing after that. Wow. I have to say, after being in some of your guys' meditations and meeting people, sort of on this journey right of self-awareness or whatever like it, it, people may not realize um how grounded people seem right like it's mm -hmm. just a real warm comfort loving feeling from the groups of people that i've met uh, during some of your meditations and and really grounded like you know it's so it's refreshing to be around people that they want to learn and discover and be aware of, of themselves, right, and what's going on. It's yes. really, really and there's more and more of that happening. More yeah. people and, uh, are becoming aware. More people you meditate, like, and they're radiating their positive energy around them. So it helps other people. Mm -hmm. And I believe, like, <clears throat> if people, like, everybody in the meditate on the earth, there will be no war. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally believe that. Yeah. We, Rosanna and I were talking, the first time I actually met you, I'd, I'd heard about you, Rosanna, before, but the first time I met you was on New Year's, and mm -hmm. you did one of your guided meditations there, right. which was great. Yes. That's the only one I've, I've experienced mm -hmm. with you. But we were talking about how meditation nowadays is like yoga was about 20 years ago. Right. So mm -hmm. where do you guys see meditation going in the next 10 or 20 years, or, or what's your feeling about the future of it? Well, I think it's, I think people are going to be um, wanting to learn meditation and learn the techniques because the solutions, they're trying to look look for solutions outside of themselves and they're going to find that there are no solutions outside of, like, whatever they're trying to look for is still not, they're not finding what they're seeking. So every time they don't find what they seek, it's an opportunity to come back within ourselves. Just like Alicia did with your past life meditation, you were looking to Get, gain some awareness about something. So I feel that um, I feel like people will become more and more stressed out, 
and the things that they would normally do to release the stress won't be working anymore and so it will guide them naturally to go to go within and learn meditation and so I've had many many uh, clients and students say you know I've I just feel really guided to do some meditation. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like what I'm doing here, I'm taking medication, I'm seeing a psychologist, I'm doing this, I'm doing that's all okay, but it's not working for them like it used to. And so they're gonna they're start they're gonna start to if they're and they already are to find um, other ways to find in healing. And I really I really believe in the power of our own inner healing. And that we can heal ourselves completely. And that's what I coach and teach my clients to discover the power within them to heal their lives. And meditation is an amazing tool for that. So I think people are going to be more drawn to wanting to learn it for that for that purpose, to heal themselves. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with Rosanna. I feel, you know, it's funny. I have this calendar that you tear a page off every day and there's a affirmation every day. And today's affirmation was about um, being able to heal ourselves. And I, and I really feel that meditation is the key to that. And, um, you know, I remember one of my mentors telling us that, you know, through meditation, she completely removed a lump that was in her chest. And all she did was use meditation, and I feel that this is a direction that we're going to, I think, more and more turn to. Um, I just think that, you know, if people really realize the power of that they have, we all have the power within us to heal, like Rosanna said. And I think through meditation, that's where we're headed. I, I see more and more people turning away from prescriptions and away from, you know, surgeries and things like that and away from chemicals and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, where are they turning to then if they're turning away from that? And I think meditation is one of the key things. And my vision is to, um, you know, I, I often think, you know, um, you know, what if everyone just kind of, you know, when they had something wrong or they had an issue, they just you know, went into a state of meditation and healed it themselves. And I mean, that could be years from now where we see everyone doing that. I know people are already doing it, but I really feel that's where we're headed, where more and more people will be doing that. No, what do you think about the reemergence of different psychoactives like um, psilocybin and ayahuasca being used and really coming back to the forefront and use for spiritual awakening and things like that? Like, um, I mean, it's hard to deny some of the connection you hear between people's psychedelic experiences and the exact same experiences. Yeah. I mean, I myself have experience with them, and I, I've felt the same exact feelings you guys are feeling well under the influence of some of these. Do you think that that's a positive connection? Like, do you think that's a step in the right direction, or is that cheating, or...? <laughs> <laughs> I think, so my take on that is if if that's gonna get you the experience, that deep experience, that deep connection or that deep healing, and that's the the way for you to achieve that and experience that. I know some people who've who've you know go, um, you know done ayahuasca, but from that one experience, they can now do what they want without that and get to that same state. So I look at that as okay, if that's what it took to show you what you needed to do, and now you can do it, great. Yeah, it's almost like a peek through the door. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I think on the other hand, if it if it becomes kind of 
you know, if it's something that then you can't do without, because we do want to make sure it doesn't, you know, become something that then you rely so heavily on them without it, you, you know, what if, what happens then the day where you can't get, you know, you can't access that, um, whatever it is, you know, the ayahuasca or whatever you use, um, the day you can't access that, does that mean that's the day that you can't heal yourself? Does that mean that's the day you can't connect deeply? So I think there should just be a balance, but, you know, I've, I do know people who their very first ex deep experience with meditation was, you know, through those kinds of things. And I think, great, if that's yeah. that's where it had to start, then awesome. Um, but just, I just caution people that it shouldn't be the only way. Yeah. The yeah. only way. And yeah. I guess as a 20th century, 21st, people getting more in intelligence, they experience before they try something, right? Yeah. To un like believe right away. There was like a time where people say something and everybody started believing that. But nowadays, people want to experience first before they do something or believe something. And <clears throat> I guess the meditations in 10, 20 years will be very, not a popular wise, I mean, like, but most of the people will try and experience that. You know, just for my experience, I can say, I, I came in Calgary 2012. I started. If I didn't find the active meditation in here, so I say let's start share with people here. And uh, in a couple months, I just you know open a Facebook account, meet up, and start doing renting a place and teach a meditation here. And in uh, right now, you know, just one and a half year, I have 270 members in there. Mm -hmm. So if in a one year, 270 people meditate and comes regularly or once or twice a month. You can imagine, you can calculate how much will be in ten years. Mm. Right. Simple, yeah. That's a good right? Yeah. And I was just reading one of the article in uh, <coughs> research. They say in Sweden, uh, a lot of organization they use actually uh, <coughs> meditation for the employment employees. And in Sweden, one of <coughs> transportation company helping like five put uh, five hundred people of the employees like they giving them a meditations workshop for eight weeks and they noticed that this is helping them to reduce the accidents on the roads in a lot of different ways. So it helps to any organizers saving their own money. So I guess in 10, 20 years it will be very different. Yeah, one of our uh, regular contributors to our podcast, Red Pill Junkie is his name, and he's, he's fascinated by meditation. I don't think he's done it much, but he was uh, talking about that article that came out too, or the the Silicon Valley companies, right, in, in California now, or this is becoming a big big part of their program too, is meditation at that level. So now we have like, you know, more of the grassroots thing, and then people, you know, higher up executives in the tech companies yeah. are starting to do it. So mm -hmm. yeah, because all over they get more benefits out of it. Like <clears throat> people is more calm and more relaxed, so they get more productive. Simple, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So huh. it will be very different in 10, 20 years, I believe. Hmm. So you guys have seen a, a, an increase already. How about you, Alicia, with your with your meditations? Have you seen a steady increase at all in the interest? Um, it's been, you know, what I what I love about my meditations is kind of there's you see the regulars, but you see like every time there's new people. So in right. that sense, yeah, there's definitely an increase. There's always new people coming to try it out, and then. Um, yeah, so the interest increases, and 
you know, I think also too when you when you see meditation being spoken about, and you know, through you know, like AJ mentioned, you know, businesses, you know, offering that to their employees, but also you know, you you hear it spoken about on you know, TV shows and talk shows, and you see it being, you know, it's it's so much in the media that yeah, I mean, the the interest is definitely more than um, what I remember it to be, you know, for example, ten years ago. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Julie, uh, do you want to do a little example of, of a guided meditation? Is that okay with you, Mr. Yeah, Producer? Yeah. <laughs> so should we we should warn people that are listening to this while driving or operating heavy machinery <laughs> that you should not not continue on because I've gone pretty deep. But I mean, even just like a five minute thing. Sure. Do, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. 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 Let's do it. Okay, so yes, as Graham said, and that's one of that's one of my. I always tell everyone. You know, please, you know, if you're listening to a recording, make sure you're somewhere comfy. So, um, just gently closing your eyes and just taking a nice, full, deep breath. I'm the only one here who's never meditated, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. And and like I mentioned before, this is just going to be a meditation that just flows that I... Yeah, for sure. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Okay, so closing your eyes, taking a nice, full, deep breath in. Just breathing in nice and deep. Good. And again, nice and deep, breathing in. Imagine you breathe down into your hips, that deep. And it doesn't matter if you're sitting or lying down, whatever's comfortable. And one more time, nice, deep breath in. Good. And now just allowing your breath to find a gentle pace, just gently flowing in and out of your body, just whatever's comfortable for you. Now anything that comes to your mind, as I mentioned before, our minds were built to think. So anything that does come to your mind that's from your to-do list or from the day before, I want you to just imagine you set it aside beside you. You can go back to it later. So if something pops into your mind, recognize it, let it go, place it beside you, and bring yourself back to your focus. Now I want everybody listening to imagine yourself in a beautiful place in nature. And let's imagine a place that has lots of trees, lots of green grass, and maybe you've been to this place before or maybe you create it right now in your mind. There's no right or wrong. Just allow. Maybe you picture this, like maybe you visualize it, or maybe you just feel it. Maybe you just sense that you're there. And imagining all these beautiful trees, all the grass, maybe you see flowers, maybe there's water, a pond, or a lake, or maybe a waterfall. And from where you stand or sit or lie in this beautiful place in nature, I want you to just focus on the deep serenity around you. And I want you to listen to all the sounds, the sound of the water, the sound of a gentle breeze, the sound of birds chirping. Notice the beautiful smells. Maybe you can smell that water, smell the grass, 
Smell the earth beneath you. And just feel, feel the ground. Allow your body to give you these sensations, if any. Feel the sun on your skin. Feel that gentle breeze. Notice all the details of everything you can see far off in the distance and also what's close beside you. And just noticing this beautiful peace around you from this sacred place that you visited. And I want you to imagine that all of the peace around you, all of the tranquility, I want you to imagine that it absorbs into your body as you lie or sit in this beautiful place in nature. And I want you to visualize what that might look like. Maybe you see glitters of energy all around you and they, like raindrops, fall onto your body. Your body absorbs the peace, the energy, the tranquility. Or maybe you see colors or scents colors or sense um, the energy of this beautiful place. Maybe you see it flowing into your body and feel these sensations. Maybe you feel warmth. Maybe you feel a gentle tingling or a coolness. But know that in this simple method of observing this peace around you, that with your conscious intent and opening yourself, you can absorb it. Filling yourself, filling your entire being and the energy around you, your aura, filling it with that gentleness, that peace. And remember, Mother Nature is very healing. So this energy that enters into you from all directions, whether it's sparkles of energy, whether it's colors flowing into and filling your body, whether it's gentle vibrations being absorbed by you, whatever it is, whatever you feel or sense, know that it's shifting and healing you. Always whatever's in your highest good. Just soaking it all in. I'll give you a few seconds just to enjoy this process. Just picturing yourself as you sit or lie in that place in nature. Soaking in that healing and peaceful energy. Just go ahead and visualize and feel that. Notice any images that may come to you or messages. Be open, for this often happens during meditation. like for us all to just breathe nice and deep and I want you to imagine that as you inhale you solidify all of this healing peaceful energy into your body and filling your aura again let's breathe nice and deep breathing that all in down to the tips of your toes just knowing whether you actually recognize it consciously or not that you've shifted you've healed
you've changed, you've become more aware, more open. And I want you to take this gift and spread it to everybody that you meet today. Taking in one more nice deep breath, wiggling your toes and fingers, and on the exhale, gently opening your eyes, coming back to your present room, and back to grabbing Darren. <laughs> in the studio, in the igloo, wow. Thanks, Alicia. You're welcome. And you have a beautiful voice. You should be recording that, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that one's recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. That was good. Yeah, I you think like I drank too much coffee today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that's very relaxing. So I guess we could start wrapping it up before we we finish. Um, do you have anything you want to ask, Darren? Do you have any questions? Anything? No, I had a, a thread out there, but I don't think I kind of got it up pretty. Oh. I'm going to link to, uh, in the show notes, we're going to link to some of the, the scientific uh, studies and all. There are some websites that are pretty good for that. Um, there is one book that I remember reading called The Mindful Brain, and it wasn't, it was about meditation, but it was really about mindfulness and how how beneficial it is. And like there's nine or ten benefits um, of it, and he talks about how there's really only two schools teaching that, but the future, some of the future that I see too is that uh, mindfulness will be taught to our youth. I mean, imagine, mm -hmm, yeah. imagine, you know, the awareness being taught at a younger level and people can be. Those, My uh, kids are already yeah. running. Yeah. Oh, I have to point to one of the websites I really enjoy, like called activemeditation.com. Yeah. And they have a page called Research, and they put a lot of research, uh, whichever happens past uh, 10 years, I guess. Cool. So they put every time, like, research about meditation and different articles. Okay, cool. And the Harvard Medical. Yeah. Harvard Medical has a lot of articles on yeah. that as well. Yeah. And also, too, John Kabat Zinn. Oh, yeah, yeah. He does a lot of mindfulness based meditation research. He's got a great book. I remember studying him while I was in grad school. Yeah. On the side. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> so, I got a string of questions here, all from uh, George Rohr. Sir Rohr. Sir Rohr, okay. Yeah. And he asks, what it feels like when on a Reiki session you fill your hands with energy, what hand what hand it is used to receive energy, I don't know what that means, but sorry, George. <laughs> when you're trying to heal someone else, what is the sensation that person should feel when done correctly, and what they should feel when it's incorrect? So that's a great question, and I'll first say to that, there's no correct or incorrect with Reiki. Um, and, you know, the person on the... I know when I do Reiki well, sessions... Pass, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when I do Reiki sessions, you know, I tell people, you might experience heat, you might experience coolness, you might experience tingling, or you might experience complete stillness and nothing else but that, and nothing else than just stillness and peace. So I've had clients where I can see tears coming out of their eyes, I've had clients that have fallen asleep, and you know it just really varies and there's no right or wrong and really you know when you when you channel that healing reiki energy from you know through yourself and into a client you need to trust it's going to go to where it's needed and it will help them 
in whatever way is in their highest good. Um, so really just allowing the Reiki to flow through you to them and just trusting. And they may get up, up off the table, the Reiki table, and say, I don't notice anything different. But remember, a lot of what's going on is underneath the surface. A lot of what's going on, you know, they may not notice until a few weeks later. And they may not even connect it to the Reiki session. You just have to trust and have the faith that what you're doing is helping them. So there's no right or wrong feelings out of hands or like receiving Correct. through a hand or giving through a hand. Yeah, and like some people do feel that one hand is receiving and one hand is yeah. giving. Like some people will say, well, the left hand is receiving and the right hand is giving. And I've heard all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I just kind of, you know, and there's no right or wrong or what of what you should be feeling. You know, sometimes I'll do a Reiki session and I don't feel anything from my hands. But I trust that the energy is still flowing, right? Um, sometimes I'll feel intense heat and I'll start to sweat and I'm, you know, thinking this is gross. But, you know, whatever <laughs> is happening during the session, you have to trust you have to trust in the process. So even I, you know, I've practiced Reiki many years, and sometimes I'll do a session and I don't feel anything, but I know it's still flowing. So, and I don't get caught up in the, the left and the right hands, and I just kind of use both my hands, intend that the energy flow through me to them where it's needed. Hmm. Any other questions from him? Ah, uh, no, I strung them all off there. Did you? Okay. It's like 140 characters at a time, so. Oh, I see, oh. okay, okay. <laughs> that must be a question from the Twitter. Can someone learn to feel energy without practicing meditation? Huh. I guess that's kind of misses mm -hmm. the point. But <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, meditation is just a tool. It's one tool to feel energy, and so I find it's the most direct and powerful tool in my experience. The quickest direct way to feel energy, but it's it's the it's one tool. Um, like you know Graham mentioned earlier and I mentioned nature oh, I feel energy all the time in nature and because I'm in the present moment so the more mm. you can stay in the present mm. moment the more you will feel energy so meditation can help you bring in the present moment being in nature writing being by the water whatever brings you to the present moment um, you can you can feel energy some people um, may not feel it you may um, let me just get a sense like when we talk about energy it's peace it's peacefulness <laughs> it's it's energy it's uh, peacefulness it's love it's feeling good <laughs> you know so if you're starting to feel that you can be feeling that when you're talking to somebody hmm. right it's about feeling positive um, high vibrational energy hmm. yeah I can say meditation is not only like you just sit down or anything but it's a bridge to feel the presence or anything energy uh, just say example if you are numb you won't feel cold or heat right so you need something if you want to feel or experience you need to be a present you need to be aware and meditation can be any form like just you need to be to to experience the energy you have to be there I could sit here all day and, and talk to you guys about this one of my favorite <laughs> well, topics <this> now, <laughs> we might have to do another uh, another session or something and get into like some of the scientific stuff maybe but but um do you do you guys i don't want to leave anything out here so do you guys have anything else you want to discuss or any other types of things that uh i'd like to share a tip yeah um you know one of the, the biggest uh people you know issues people have is they they come and they rosanna i want to meditate but my mind keeps racing i think that's probably the the most common blog i hear my yeah, mind yeah, keeps racing yeah. And so if I can offer a tip, and 
and let's keep it simple. If all you're doing, you know, set a time for 10 minutes, put a timer on, do 10 minutes. And all you're going to do is breathe for 10, just focus on your breathing for 10 minutes. That's meditation. So build the practice slowly, build it from, even if it's five minutes, do that for five minutes and then do it for 10 minutes and then add on to it. And the practice of deep breathing is really helpful to relax your mind and body naturally. That's why we have breath. <laughs> it's not just to keep us alive, but actually it's, it's within us to help us to relax. So if all you're doing is for five, 10 minutes is just breathing and focusing on that, even focusing how your chest rises and falls as you breathe for 10 minutes, you're done, you're good. And then the mind will naturally slow down. Yeah, actually, I'm really, thanks to the Rosanna to point it out about breathe because breathe is the very important for meditations or being aware because even if you notice when you anger, your breathing pattern is different. When you're happy, your breathing pattern is different. Just uh, concentration on the breathing can change a lot of habits. And yeah. Hmm. Wow. yeah. Any tips from you or anything you want to share? Um, you know, I'm just going to say that I second the breathing or I third the breathing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, even just as you saw the meditation, the short one I took you guys through, it started with breath yeah. and it ended with breath. Right, and so yeah, I we I can't emphasize that enough, and really not to focus on am I doing this right or wrong, because if you do that, if you kind of sit there thinking, am I sitting the right way? Am I holding my hands the right way? You know, is my mind doing the right thing? Um, it's you know just let go of that. Remember meditation, as as was mentioned before. You know, meditation can really be anything. So, and don't worry, don't worry if it's right or if it's wrong or what you think it is. Just try it and keep doing it and use breath. Yeah, there's nothing right and wrong, right? Yeah. Exactly. Cool. So I want you guys, uh, even though we have listeners all over the world now, um, we do have local listeners in Calgary. So I thought maybe, or in Edmonton, or people that are you know local enough to, to maybe check out one of your meditations. So I want to give you guys all an opportunity to talk about your business and your or your meditations or your teaching or how people can get a hold of you. Do you want to start, Alicia? Okay, sure. So um, one of the ways to get a hold of me is, um, or to even just learn more about what I do is through my website, um, which is divinebliss.ca. So that's D-I-V-I-N-E and then B-L-I-S-S dot C-A. Um, and you can email me through there or just take a look at all the things that I do. Um, I do host regular meditation gatherings, but also other things too related to meditation like past life regression. Um, I do um, a lot of work with essential oils and aromatherapy as well. I believe in the healing benefits of that. Um, you know, soul coaching, all that kind of stuff. And it's all on the website. It's probably and, the easiest. And Reiki too, right? Yes, and Reiki. I do sessions and I certify people. Like yeah, Graham. she's a great <laughs> teacher. She's a, and because you've taught in, in regular schools too, right? I so have, you're used yes. to teaching, right? She's a yeah. fantastic teacher, yeah. Thank you, Graham. Yeah, that was, I was teaching psychology until I decided to do all this full time um, and just follow my heart. Yeah. I love to teach, but I love to teach this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong with psychology, but I was teaching someone else's curriculum. Yeah. So yeah, that's the best way to learn more about me. And I have a list of upcoming events for those of you that are local. Um, so yeah, divinebliss.ca. Cool. Thank Thanks. you. Rosanna? My company is Emerge Center for Inner Healing, and I opened that in 2009. And so I, I do meditation groups. I host a series of eight weeks, about two or three times a year. 
and my practice is mostly one-on-one -on -one coaching, hypnotherapy, helping people discover the power within them. And I love working with women in particular to help them to really step into their power, step into their intuitive abilities. I do help men as well, but women seem to be my, tar my target market and I can really resonate with them, of course. And um, I have a five-stage uh, coaching program that I, that I offer as well through my one-on-one -on -one to help them move out of their pain and into their power and purpose. Yeah, so it's really, really cool. I created that program myself and through my own personal experience of transformation and getting out of my pain and into my power. And yes, yes, so my website is uh, emergeforhealing.ca, so E-M-E-R-G-E-F-O-R-H-E-A-L-I-N-G.ca. Cool, and we're going to link to all these in the show notes, so Thank if you. anybody misses that, you can, uh, you know, hit the link in the show notes. Uh, for me, <coughs> the website is still under construction, but you can in the <laughs> future <laughs> always look for the activemeditation.ca. Okay. And uh, there's other website if you want to know more is osho.com about activemeditation. That's yep. uh, the the main source about all the activemeditation things that's which I represent in Calgary. Osho information. So we <coughs> regular like twice a month. We do meditations in uh, downtown Calgary. And uh, in the summer, we also do meditation retreats uh, in a Pinch Creek called it is a pyramid, beautiful pyramid. So, yeah. twice or three times in the summer, we go on weekends, do like intensive meditations and hikes and nice meditation retreats. Cool, and and people can find that in meetup. Meetup. Yeah, meetup is a right? great way to find which up for upcoming events, uh, and it's the same active meditation. Active Canada. meditation Canada on meetup. Yeah. Cool. In your Facebook page, we too. have Facebook page. Beautiful. We always uh, put uh, inspiration thoughts and Osho cards on there too. Yeah. It's cool. a beautiful way mm -hmm. to find something new. Great. Yeah. yeah thank you. You're okay. welcome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, guys. It's been great. Yeah. This thank has been. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome chat. Wonderful chat. Very uh, enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Tory. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, maybe one day we can do it again. Yeah. yeah sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. Thanks. Welcome back to the Great America Show. Yeah, that was me on the Tibetan singing bowl and Graham on the whatever you call those things. Tinctures or something like that. Tinctures? I don't know. Anyways, uh, that was our in-studio, in-igloo meditation episode. That was great. I loved it. I'd love to do more in-studio stuff. Yeah, me not so much. No? I don't mind it. I mean, it wasn't bad. It just crammed. And it might be better now with our new setup. Yeah. But now we got Joey, too, so. Yeah, it's a pretty we, small we, room, we so. six of us in here. Yeah. And it was still cold out, luckily. Like yeah. If you, you don't want to be doing that in August. Get a little hot and sweaty in here. Yeah. Turn into a sweat lodge. Yeah, it was good, though. So you guys should try meditating. No. Hopefully no one was driving during the meditate 
the meditation, meditation part, yeah. and they're upside down in the ditch right now listening to us. You know, the funny thing was, though, we, I was planning on it. We were planning on kind of having a bunch of scientific, uh, you know, talk about the studies and all that and get into some paperwork about it. But uh, that didn't happen. And I'm kind of glad because it flowed pretty good just talking to these people who have uh, direct experience leading groups of meditation and stuff. So I'm kind of happy with how it went. Yeah, well, well. So you guys, of course, uh, they were, they're all on, I think most of them on Twitter and stuff. We'll make sure we have all that in the show notes and whatever they're going on with, uh, grandma linked all that. Yeah. So of course, coming up next week, we will have Ray Burhis talking about, uh, his book, the succession of Mill Valley. Yeah. Secession. I think it's called. Succession. C-section. C-section in Mill Valley. And then uh, hopefully we'll get the passport episode out shortly after that. Yeah, we'll release that as a bonus episode in there. Uh, then we got, like uh, we were saying in the intro, we got them lined up and coming out after that will be a mitt. Uh, so in the meantime, you guys can spam Graham. <laughs> My email is uh, G-R-A-H-A-M at Gramerica.com. Graham. Graham at Gramerica.com. Uh, you can email your... Uh, Ask your Grimerican questions to Joe, producer Joe at Grimerica.com. Um, of course, always Grimerica.ca slash Moneybomb. Uh, review us where you can. Twitter. Twitter. At Grimerica. At Grimerica. Facebook. Like us on Facebook, I think. Oh, yeah. We haven't yeah. talked about that in a while. Like us on Facebook. And, of course, if you guys have any fucking friends that just can't figure out the podcast thing, they can... Uh, Check us out on YouTube as well. It's semi uh, working its way up to being pretty up to date. So, um, yeah, right. There's and, always that. And you know what else too? I want to say is uh, Darren came up with this idea that uh, you could actually subscribe if you want, which puts you into the money bomb, and then you get a Grimerica email address. So we've had a few people uh, now that have a Grimerica.com email address. So kind of a cool idea. Yeah, and like I said last time, it's not going to last forever, so uh, <laughs> get them before the prices go up. <laughs> I think that's about it. Uh, as usual, I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, special in-studio meditation episode. Grimerica Meditates. Grimerica Meditates. Uh, of course, we'll have links to all the music you heard and everything we talked about in the show notes. And that's about it. Anything else before we go, big guy? That's it, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.
with the dragons on dark and the dragons on nice. Gotta win nice and the dragons on ice with the dragons on dark and the dragons on nice. Gotta win nice and the dragons on ice with the dragons on dark and the dragons on nice.